You are listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, where we deal with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. It has been a while since we've done one of these podcasts, and um, I am here with none other than the world-famous Byron Burton and David Robinson. Thousands have been asking, you, where is Byron? You're a small world. Isn't he? <laughs> like, there's, not, there's not a lot happening in that world. We'll just... That wasn't very nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's relative. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, it is uh, It is nice to be back. It is. It like, is. Like, yeah. just yep. um, doing this again after... It's been a while since we've mm-hmm. recorded an episode, and the three of us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thousands have been asking about where Byron was, and so here's my answer to the multitudes: <laughs> where Byron was. Byron is here. <laughs> well, from the podcast, I don't think he was was he part of our last. Oh, we like waited for him to go on vacation. To <laughs> was it vacation? It's kind of. Eh, you were really. away. Away, you were away. So, but today, today we are talking about freedom in Christ and biblical freedom. What that means, Mm -hmm. basically, trying to follow up from um, what you've been preaching on the last couple of weeks, David, and filling in some of the things that you didn't get to on Sunday morning. And surprise, (laughs) sometimes it's a game. Surprises no one. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, when when you're studying the Bible um, and you're presenting it and preaching it, sometimes you're trying to decide what what do I keep and what do I not keep, just because for the sake of time. So, yeah, um, and some people might think I don't notice time, but I actually do, <laughs> and it is true. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Um, sometimes it's more about what you have have to cut out than what you do include, because um, God's word is so rich. Yeah, it's very true. So the last so. couple of weeks, why, why don't you just start yes. us off and uh, give us an explanation of of why why freedom comes up in yeah. the passages that you've been looking at, and um, then we'll just take the conversation from there. Great. Uh, this past Sunday, we looked at Acts 22 and um, Paul sharing the gospel. Actually, uh, what was interesting, and I didn't really mention it, but um, Jesus had a gospel conversation with Paul, and... Uh, I didn't mention it in those words, but I think yeah. it's how did how did Jesus have? I mean, he was persecuting the church, and Jesus um, says, "Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me?" He just put it out there, um, and then, um, but it was a very gracious conversation that he had. So, so Paul's testimony, and then the previous week, Paul is um, about to enter Jerusalem, and then he does uh, go to Jerusalem. So, um, in Acts twenty-one, we looked at uh, unity in difficulty. The difficulty they had was um, the Holy Spirit leading Paul uh, to a place where he will suffer. And that's hard to watch others suffer and, in a sense, have a calling of suffering on their life at, at maybe certain moments of their time. But they they found unity because they found um, they were able to pray the Lord's will be done. And we saw that that's not a place of weakness, but it's a place of strength. Um, and as you read the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer um, our Father in heaven builds us up to be able to to be able to say those words. So they're not words that we just say right out of the gate. Um, the Lord's prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray, and as He teaches us to pray, He's 
um, building our faith so we can pray things that are beyond us. Uh, so that's uh, finding unity in difficulty. And then we looked at difficulty in unity. And uh, um, the reason for that, and this is found in verses 15 through 25, approximately in um, Acts 21. And Paul has come to Jerusalem, and he was received graciously by, by the Jewish um, Christians. And Paul had an opportunity to talk to the Jewish church about what God was doing among the Gentiles, um, and then James shares what God is doing among the Jews, and um, but he also ex- has time to explain to Paul, uh, Paul, these are our circumstances. The Jews that are being saved in Jerusalem, um, they are still, uh, we read, they're still zealous for the law. Um, mm-hmm. So we read in verse um, 21, but they have been informed about you that you are teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to abandon Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or to live according to the customs. Uh, and that was just after he said that the Jews that are being saved are zealous for the law. So you have that. So Paul, um, James is basically saying the circumstances here are different than your circumstances. And then he's saying there's rumors about you, um, that you no longer uh, teach the law, and that uh, circumcision doesn't mean anything, um, telling them not to circumcise their children or to live according to customs. So it's law, it's practice, it's customs. Um, basically, Paul's against us. So there, so there were all these rumors, and one of the things that we noted is it's very interesting that Paul, um, one of, one of his acts of humility was he didn't defend himself in those areas. Now he he ended up talking about it later on, um, but when he was with James, he didn't. It's not like you have this sidebar discussion and say, "Well, you know, James, none of those, none of that's true." Um, Paul kept the narrative um, on Christ, and so. That's, that's the context, and then you have, um, in verse 22, so what is to be done? So what is to be done? So Paul sa- James says, here's my circumstances, they're different than yours, and you're not in the top 10 likable people right now, so what is to be done? Um, and how in the differences in um, how, how, what it is to live out as a disciple of Christ can we find unity? How in the difficulties of living out the disciples' life can we find unity? So um, I, I think that's, when we talk about biblical freedom, um, part, of, part of it is to ask that question. That um, biblical freedom, as, as we try to discuss it, is not just yes only or no only. So if you're in, a, if you're in different circumstances that are somewhat similar, it's, it's not always doing the same thing it's not the answer may not always be yes the answer may not always be no um it seems to me like biblical freedom has a yes or no um so there are times where you will say yes and there are times when you'll say no um and the the circumstances may be fairly similar but because of the circumstances and living out christian freedom it's not i'm going to do this all the time or i'm not going to do this any of the time um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question, what is to be done? So if we're going to understand biblical freedom, this is a great example of it. James says to, to Paul, what is to be done? And then he offers Paul a solution, and Paul graciously accepts it. Um, he basically says, pay for some haircuts, um, and I think it's take a vow. And, and that's what Paul did in the rest of the chapter. He goes um, into the temple and, you know, like, he, he, he does what James asked him to do. And interestingly, it, it was a very gracious conversation between James and Paul because in that very passage, 
Um, Gen, uh, James says about the Gentiles, what we talked about in Acts 15, you know, we're, in other words, we're not so much talking about the Gentiles and their freedom. Um, I appreciate the ministry that you're doing there. But here, this is, this is what, what we're, what we're um, talking about. So all of that is the context. In the message, we talked about how biblical freedom listens well. Hmm. Um, it has a heart for, for others. It has a heart for their ministry. So if I'm going to walk into um, someone else's life um, and they, you know, they, they won't do certain things in, in, in their family, um, I'm not going to walk in there with my Christian freedom and crush the family and say, well, I have freedom to do this. Um, I'm going to listen well to uh, how they're living out their lives um, in their particular context and um, be able to say yes or no. Uh, and then we talked about biblical freedom not only listens, um, and we, we see um, James and, and uh, especially Paul listening to one another's stories, listening to one another's ministry, but biblical freedom does not fear. Um, we, we might actually look at what Paul did, and we might say, well, I don't get it because you know he's not, he spoke a certain way about the law at certain times, and I would even disagree with what Paul did there. Um, and and in, in other words, um, biblical freedom doesn't fear the opinion of others. Uh, and the other interesting thing I think happens with biblical freedom is we don't always get it right. Now, I, I think Paul got it right, but like some people are so afraid that I won't, I won't be living out the Christian life. But God knows our intentions, and, and God knows our heart. And um, if we listen well to the heart and to the ministry of others, um, and we're able to say, um, I don't need to be afraid of people's opinions. Um, because there is, there's ministry pressure, there's church pressure that if you do something outside of the norm, then people, you'll get a visit or whatever it is because people will think, oh, like you're no longer a Christian because, you know, you're having those types of conversations or you're not standing for the truth or whatever it might be. Um, so biblical freedom listens, biblical freedom does not fear. We talked about and um, biblical freedom just being a messy place. Um, we, we had one quote where we talked about a, a truly free spirit like Paul's is not in bondage to its own freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, F.F. Bruce quotes that in one of Stott's Acts commentaries. Another quote, what may not be necessary for us personally may be what is required for the sake of community or in order to maintain unity. Um, it's not required for us personally. But for the sake of community, um, in order to maintain unity, Paul did uh, what he did. And that, that really is a genuine humility um, as we freely listen and love and serve others. Now, this is the part that I didn't get to. So <laughs> you, can, actually you can begin to see how this could just be an entire message. But before I do, Byron, did, did you have any thoughts about... Not to put you on the spot, but I just want people to know that you're actually here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn his mic on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's such <laughs> a, a challenge, mm-hmm. and yet it's so very real and so very practical. Somebody can stride in, and they think they've got all the answers. How does that impact on somebody else? Somebody else is afraid of what everybody else is thinking. Mm -hmm. And somebody else doesn't care two hoots what anybody is thinking. And you think there's so many ways to fall off the balance. 
know, how do you be gracious? Yeah. Like you say, how do you listen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, like Paul was obviously willing to hear what James had to say yeah. and the impact on these other people. So where can I accommodate and bend? Yeah. You know, and he was obviously very clear, you know, when he talks about meat, for instance, it was very clear that, hey, you can eat any kind of meat. It's nothing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But for somebody that their conscience in this disputable matter mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. sensitive, yeah. well, then I'm not going to ride roughshod over their conscience. Yeah. Even though technically, quote, quote, they're yeah. wrong. Yeah. But hey, it's not wrong if that's where their heart's at, and I will accommodate that mm-hmm. and care for them. Yeah. yeah. I, how, how you said care for them. But, I mean, Paul cared for the Jerusalem church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think, I, I think this topic is so... Uh, it's so important and, and it's interesting because um, it's so applicable to every age, um, mm-hmm. every person, um, mm-hmm. every generation, because yeah. something that, that we've done as um, like in a lot of ways, like within the church is, is churches have and individuals and ourselves included, we've, we've equated our, our preference of, you know, what we like about music or what we like about um, what the pastor is wearing or if he's using a pulpit or not or whatever it is we, like we've equated a lot of uh, a lot of those things to the same level of we've elevated those same things in some ways to the same level of like theology and like what we know to be right or to be wrong because we're so we get so deeply convicted over mm-hmm. these things and so but what this conversation does that you're talking about david um it it forces us to to stop thinking about what our preferences are and to start mm-hmm. thinking about the individual that's in, that's in front of us um, yeah. and to, and to care yeah. um, and to, to be gracious, to listen. Well, um, I just like that thought of instead of starting with, well, I have my freedom in Christ and I'm going to, I'm going to do this because Christ allows me. And, and if you, and if you don't like it, then um, that's your problem. Don't be so offended. Yeah. Easily. Like don't be yeah. so easily offended. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, that can be the approach yeah. um, uh, or, or the flip side of, of, you know, ministry has to be this way. Church has to be this way. Life has to be this way. But a lot of those things that we s- finish that sentence with um, end up being preference rather than actual mm-hmm. like biblical theological principle. Um, this starts with just stop talking and just listen, yeah. you know, listening well. Yeah. And it's true. And, and it, I'm glad you brought that up because it does need to be, emphasize that it paul um is not compromising the gospel no um so it's not like when paul and peter had their run-in in galatians <laughs> you know paul 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 had that difficult conversation so this is more about how to live out our faith and how to live in community um the, the weaker and the stronger uh, or we could say it this way not uh, about the way of salvation but the way of the disciple yep. so so and then so we we have um, biblical freedom listens um, does not fear and then it's it's going to get messy um, it's it's we're going to ask some difficult com- or questions of uh, how to how to follow Christ and then I'm not sure exactly the the title of this la- or the the way to reference this last one but biblical freedom um, has a big picture um, so it's not just the bio it's not that the Bible doesn't give us any guidance or direction. Um, so biblical freedom has direction from Scripture as to how to answer some of those yes or no questions. So you're not out in a, you don't have a blank slate and say, oh, I yep. wish more direction was given to me. Um, there's plenty of direction that's given in Scripture as to how to answer 
um, the yes and no questions. So um, here we, we talk about uh, biblical freedom is yes or no, yeah, not yes only and no only. Um, and so what are what is some of the direction that Scripture gives? And I'll just read a few passages. Um, for example, we have First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verses seventeen through nineteen. Um, let us let each one live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all churches. So, whatever situation you find yourself in, uh, when God called you, live in those circumstances. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians 7. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. And I think that's what Paul is talking. This is the Jewish situation. They circumcise, um, law, all of this. That's their world. And we know in Acts it's a bit of a transition that's going on as well um, in a redemptive historical manner. But then he goes on to say, Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Why not? Because verse 19, circumcision does not matter and uncircumcision doesn't matter. So if you're circumcised, don't undo. Uh, you're, you'll live in that world. If you're not circumcised, don't be circumcised. Why? Because Paul could say at the same time, it doesn't matter. Mm. Circumcision, uncircumcision, it doesn't matter. What matters? Keeping God's commands is what matters. That's 1 Corinthians seven seventeen through 18. Uh, another passage that gives us that direction in answering yes or no questions is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Paul says, everything is permissible, which is actually in a very, I mean, that's an astounding statement. Um, everything is permissible, uh, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. So th that's some direction in our life. Um, yeah, I, I could live out my freedom this way. It's permissible, um, but is it beneficial? Hmm. Uh, will it build up others around me? Will it build up those in my family? Will it build up those um, in the church? And then, uh, so is it beneficial? Does it build up? And then, very interestingly, in verse 24, it says, am I seeking my own good? So it's, biblical freedom is a very... Um, it's the outward is important, but the heart is the ultimate importance. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I actually doing this? Am I doing this for my own good, um, mm -hmm. or am I doing this for the good of the other person? And so, when when we think about freedom, it's not just our rights and um, what we can demand of of others. Uh, and and again, we we live in that kind of culture now that it's it's me, it's my story. Um, but for Paul, some of the direction that he gives in biblical freedom is no one is to seek his own good. Is it beneficial? Does it build up? Um, you read part of this struggle uh, in a little later on in an example, and, and this actually is part of his conclusion in, in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31 to chapter 11, verse 1. So we just read uh, verses 23 and 24. This is uh, verse 31 to chapter 11, verse 1. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many so that they may be saved. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.31 to 11.1. One. An amazing passage. You eat, you drink, whatever you do, first of all, glory of God. That's the direction. 
It's not my story. It's for the glory of God. And then he says, how, how do you live out the glory of God? Don't give offense to Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. So he's admitting that there's going to be differences among us. Um, let's not give offense to one another. Just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit. Wow. Everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that what? They may be saved. And then the last part is imitate me as I also imitate Christ, which is an astounding statement because we ask, can others imitate my biblical freedom? Mm. Can, can others imitate um, how I live out the gospel? Others will imitate... Um, especially our children or maybe people, whoever it might be. You might be the only Christian that somebody knows, and they're going to imitate that. Um, but what are they imitating? What will they follow? Mm. That's how heart-searching this passage is. Uh, and then and then we, we read this one, but we'll read it again. This one we happen to get to in the, the message, but it's um, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. Although I'm free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. (laughs) To the Jew, I'm a Jew. I'm all of a sudden under the law, although I'm not under the law. Um, But uh, he would love to see Mm -hmm. his own people um, come to Christ. Verse 21, to those without the law, like one without the law, though I am not without God's law, but I'm under the law of Christ. Hmm. Uh, so it's not like you become lawless and you do anything that you want. In fact, uh, when you come under the law of Christ, Christ came to fulfill the law, not only to live out the fulfillment of the law, but to actually fulfill the law. Um, so in many ways, it's, it's deeper. Uh, and then he says, so I'm, I'm under the law of Christ to win those without the law. To the weak, I became weak hmm. in order to win the weak. Uh, and that becomes um, so important. Uh, the weak can become uh, crushed in some of these circumstances. I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. Now, I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. So he does all of this to share in the blessings. And then if that's not enough, he actually deals with it at the end of uh, the book of Romans and actually spends quite a bit of time there um, talking about what it is, uh, Romans 15, 14 and 15, and he speaks about the law of liberty uh, leading to the law of love and pleasing others and not ourselves. Um, and the reason for all of this is so that we may glorify God together. So you read in uh, Romans 15, 7 through 9. So this is after the law of liberty, the law of love, um, pleasing others, not ourselves. And then in Romans uh, 15, 7, therefore accept one another. That's good, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you have to accept one another where, where that person's at. Um, it's not where you're at. You may want to get there one day. Um, or you might think, man, I don't even think, um, like I can't believe they, they're still way back there. Uh, we got we we accept one another just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. For I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises to the fathers, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for His mercy. Mm. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praise to your name. Again, it says, rejoice you Gentiles with His people. 
And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. So the Gentiles called in. And then verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So all of this culminates in this unity among our differences as Jew and Gentile, as strong and weak, um, but aiming for unity in these matters. So um, biblical freedom isn't just this wild west desert blank slate. Um, There's so much direction. Life of Jesus, how he treats um, those who are different, um, walks among the sinners. Mm -hmm. The church, uh, what we read in the epistles and specifically some of these passages. That's amazing. Now, uh, when you think about it, how do you, how, how would we navigate a situation where, let's say, somebody else um, may not have a conviction about something that we have a conviction about, and it's, um, and it's really bothering us inside. Mm-hmm. And based on the things that you said, how, how should we approach that situation? Yeah. Well, I, whether weak or strong, Mm-hmm. to know that there will be differences. Um, and, and even in our weakness, um, to be able to say, to have categories in our weakness that it may not be wrong, but it also may not be something that I choose right now. Right. So sometimes I think that question is answered by what the strong mm-hmm. needs to do or not do. But I think the the instruction is for both weak and strong. Mm-hmm. Um, the strong need to seek unity with the weak, but the weak also need to grow in understanding of categories that there may be certain things that other um, believers do that they don't agree with, but it, right. it's not a, either a point of division or it doesn't have to be a point of... Um, it can be a point of maybe disappointment uh, because, you know, that... I would never do that because of the way, whatever it is, it impacted me in the past. Or sure. I saw that as whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but so both weak and strong are engaging with one another and wrestling through um, the categories. But like Acts tells us, you know, do we listen well to, mm. to one another, mm-hmm. um, not be afraid, uh, and know that it's going to get messy? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Paul and James worked through it. And the, the, the fascinating thing about what happened in that in Acts 21 is it didn't even work out. No. <laughs> like Paul gets beat up and the Romans yeah. have to come and rescue him and then he defends and then it's the whole story. Like the rest of the book is he taken up of him going to Rome. Mm-hmm. It just didn't, like it, it wasn't pretty. But the victory wasn't that Paul was set free and the Jews, listen to Paul, the victory mm-hmm. was that there was unity in the church among Jew and Gentile um, and that was being lived out. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the hope that we have. And even in our differences, whether theological, political, whatever they might be, um, we love one another. We serve one another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Freedom is freedom in Christ and f- biblical freedom involves unity and fellowship and mm-hmm. uh, loving and caring one another, yeah. not not shutting each other out because, well, you know, that that person likes red sweaters and I like green sweaters. Exactly. Um, but saying, you know, even though you like green sweaters and I don't like green sweaters, 
yeah. we can still have unity in Christ, yeah. unity in the body, fellowship with one another, encourage yeah. one another, care for one another. Exactly. So I just love that. That's that's really the message of mm-hmm. of our of our freedom as as the body. I think yeah. Just to add, I, I, if people are looking for a place to start, whether they live out biblical freedom, um, I think asking the question: Do you, do you ever ask yourself the question? Uh, so what is to be done? In in Acts twenty one twenty two, if we never ask the question, what am I what am I going to do in these circumstances? If we always know what we're going to do, we probably don't understand biblical freedom. But if we begin by asking the question, like what, like I hear from this person, what am I going to do? And if we're struggling, we're getting a glimpse of, of biblical freedom. Awesome. Good discussion. Thanks, Tyler. If you're Byron. listening, yeah, thanks, thanks, Byron. Thanks, David. Um, thanks for listening. You can learn more about Gospel Centered Rest at gracegalt.com or gospelcenteredrest.com gospelcenteredrest.ca and you can also listen to some past episodes if you're listening on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on we encourage you uh, give us a a like and uh, give us a rating it helps to get the message of the gospel out thank you for your time